Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. First of all, hope you are doing well, staying healthy, staying home if possible, and staying healthy both in terms of not getting sick, but also in terms of eating well. And that is where my conversation takes me today. I am on with Be Good, and specifically their CMO, Adrian DeLand. More on Be Good in a second. First off, if you're new to this show, uh, welcome to this community. I'm glad you're here. It's a show uh, which is all about how some of the most interesting and innovative brands out there today are mobilizing their masses, most of the time it means their consumers, to become more authentic and using their voice as a megaphone for the larger business. And today I'm on with a restaurant that I used to frequent in college because it was up in Boston where I went to school. It's called Be Good. Now, Be Good is all about burgers, bowls, salads, generally healthier fast food for you. And Adrian tells me all about what they are doing, not only during these current circumstances, but generally what they are doing in the community to build better relationships and if you'll excuse the wordplay, to be good. I had a great conversation with him, especially when it came to the advice at the end, advice that I don't get that often, but certainly given his global perspective, something which was important to note. Generally speaking, just a really fantastic conversation. I know I've done a couple of these in the restaurant space recently, and it was excellent to add Be Good, something which I know well, to that list. So I'll get out of the way and let it be added to your list. And without further ado, it's our conversation with Be Good's Adrian DeLand. All right, everybody, I am here with Be Good, and specifically their CMO, Adrian DeLand. Adrian, thanks so much for joining today. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to talk to you, specifically because Be Good was one of those places where I went frequently when I was in college up there in Boston, which is, I know, where you're based. Uh, definitely enjoyed it. So to be able to call back to those days and, and interview the person who is uh, the mastermind behind that brand right now is a privilege. So thanks for doing this. The first thing I want to ask is how you got to be good, as I imagine uh, it's, it's, a, it's a journey with lots of different curves and, and, and a global journey as well. But I want to learn from you how you got there, how they, how they enticed you to come on in and what you love about it today. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I actually um, you know, started my, my restaurant career at Duncan Brands after a couple of uh, stints on the agency side in New York and then uh, actually for a consumer startup in Boston. Um, I joined Duncan Brands after my, I finished my MBA um, and, and started actually on the international business for Baskin Robbins. So um, I had a, three different roles at Duncan, which really gave me a great perspective on, on the re- restaurant landscape and, and a deep understanding of the business. Um, so started out on the, the, Dunk, the Baskin Robbins brand internationally for about 40 different countries, uh, managing a, a category. So really uh, product innovation from ideation to kind of full, full global market rollouts, um, as well as supporting our local, um, the, the, the local franchisees or really country franchisees for, for Baskin, uh, primarily focused in Japan, Korea, and the Middle East, uh, but then across, you know, Europe, uh, South America, and, um, and obviously more of Asia. Um, and then after about a year and a half in that role, I moved to the U.S. business, um, managing pricing for the brand, as well as working on a, a strategic initiative that uh, has come to life over the last few years in, in the better for you space. So really repositioning the brand um, for, for Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts U.S. In, in how to make the brand uh, more of a health forward brand in, in, in what was true to them. Um, and so that was, a, again, a great experience working with about 
1,200 franchisees, a very small team uh, in the strategic initiatives team, um, and and really worked, learned a lot on the U.S. side of the, the business. And then I had an opportunity to actually jump back to international, uh, working for both Dunkin' Donuts and Baskin Robbins on the, the development side. Um, and I was actually leading the new country entry for Baskin and, and Dunkin'. Um, so I had the opportunity to launch Dunkin' Donuts in the Netherlands and help launch uh, Dunkin' Donuts in South Africa. So again, great experiences there. And then from there, I had an opportunity to leave. I actually went to do a, a, a tech job for a bit and uh, quickly realized that was not for me. Um, and then along those lines, uh, when I was there, my, my previous CMO at Dunkin' had left to go to Five Guys and gave me a call one day and said, hey, are you, do you have any interest in coming to Five Guys? Um, I'm leading international out of Amsterdam. And so um, I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, after a few weeks, my wife and I packed our bags um, and moved to Amsterdam. And I was there for just a little under a year. Um, we actually um, ended up coming back to the U.S. for personal reasons. But um, really a great brand um, helped kind of scale that up. Um, you know, was in five, six countries at the time, um, entered the Netherlands, opened Belgium, uh, a, a few countries and then looking into Asia and really put in place a lot of pieces there to scale the, the business internationally um, and have a, a professional professional marketing, um, you know, uh, capability, I guess you would say for, for the international business, working closely with the U.S. as well. Um, and so as we came back to the U.S., I had actually met the founder of Be Good, um, you know, three years prior to that, uh, The one of my old boss at, at uh Duncan, Chris Fuqua, who's actually our CEO now at, at Be Good, was on the board of Be Good and introduced me to Anthony uh, Ackle. And so I was coming back to, to the U.S. really with nothing lined up. Uh, Anthony called me kind of out, out of the blue and said, I, I need someone to help me come in and revamp off-premise business. So think about catering, uh, delivery, ghost kitchens, all of that. And so I came in and did that for about six months. Um, and then as we were transitioning, we, we hired a, a new, uh, a new CMO actually at the time, and I made a play to take on additional responsibilities there and really took on, uh, more marketing, brand marketing, things that were more, more in my background. Um, and then just recently, uh, stepped into the, the CMO role, uh, at the end of last year. So, uh, it, it's been, it was an interesting kind of, uh, path to get here, but, um, but here we are. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would certainly an interesting path, um, going all over the place and doing a whole bunch of different stuff to now being CMO for Be Good. Now, I have had a couple of conversations within, uh, let's say, generally the restaurant space over the last few months. And I uh, have noticed that uh, Be Good's doing a heck of a lot right now during this current COVID crisis. And it's something that I've been asking a lot of folks. And so I want to know some of the ways in which you all are giving back to the community in this time. And we'll start here because I think it tends well to our general focus, which is how we're building authentic relationships. And I think a couple of the things that you're doing are are uh, are going to segue well. So let's start there because right now, of course, a lot of uh, people find comfort in food, but people are also getting a lot of value out of their out of their local chains and things like that. And I know you're anything but local, global brand with 60 locations. But uh, why don't you let me know a little bit about what's going on right now uh, as to how Be Good is, is being good in that respect? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, giving back has always been at the core of what we do. Um, you know, even even starting out 15 years ago in Boston, we've, there's always been a community component to what we do. Um, you know, we always find ways to to get back how we, however we can, and and really this time of a crisis and you know a lot of hardship going on across the country, 
Um, we're trying to do what we can. So we've done a few things actually over the net the last few weeks. We found, um, you know, one one thing that people are looking for right now is uh, is more value. I think uh, people are looking at the budgets a little tighter than they have. And so I, I think you've talked about in your previous podcast is, you know, the fast casual space is becoming very expensive for consumers. Um, you know, uh, an average check of $14, $15 is, is getting up there if you're coming to, to us every every week. Um, so we've actually been able to find ways to provide more value during this time. So we've done things like provide kids eat free uh, and kids meals for free every day uh, with the purchase of an entree. So if you're a family of four, you can actually uh, purchase two adult entrees and get up to four uh, free kids meals, which is really a, a great value. Um, we're doing things like providing healthcare workers and uh, and medical workers that are currently on the front line of COVID-19, uh, 50% off on, on any meal. Uh, so they can come to us, you know, order through our app or in a restaurant and get a 50% off any, any meal. Uh, so that's been, again, a, a great value for them. Uh, and then we're doing things like, um, you know, we, we, we've introduced meal kits um, where we have uh, produce boxes. So you can come on our app and, and order uh, produce for $40, which is really more of a value of, of $60 plus dollars in, in produce, so fruit and vegetables. And you can get it delivered to your house for free within a half hour, right? So that's great convenience. It's great value. And we're hearing, back, we're hearing a lot back from our guests how grateful they are for us to, to do all these things during this time. Um, and then lastly, I think the biggest thing we've done really here in Boston, and we have closed quite a bit of restaurants over the last few weeks, but we have a, a core set of restaurants still open, um, is we've been donating meals to uh, hospitals, uh, medical offices, you know, police stations. And so we've committed to donate over 8,000 meals uh, to, to those uh, institutions over the next few weeks. We're about halfway there. Um, and so we're feeding, uh, you know, all of these people, uh, burgers, bowls, salads, um, and we're covering obviously delivery. So we're handling the, the entire thing. And it's, it's been a great way for us to give back uh, in a small way in partnership with uh, the Mushroom Council, which is a great partner of ours, um, and DoorDash as well. So we've, we've looked at partnerships in the past where we can do these things and, and partners that are uh, like-minded as Be Good to help support when, when these things come up. So um, it's been really great. And we've heard a lot of, of great feedback from our guests. Um, and I think these are the types of things of you think about authentic, uh, you know, influence. And it, it's one of those things where, where you're not, there's no, uh, you know, no bullshit. It's just straight up. You're doing a good thing and people, re, you know, see right through that and, and appreciate it. So right. uh, that's, that's been terrific for us. I've seen it. I mean, down here in the DC area, I know that, um, I mean, if I were up in Boston, I'd say it would be good. But if uh, down down here, I'm seeing it with uh, some of the more local uh, restaurants. And, and you know, like I said, food's a comfort thing, and people are getting a lot of value out of it, even more so right now. And whether it's through just getting a burger to go or that produce thing, you know, the grocery the grocery side of it has been really has been really really interesting. Um, we uh, I've, that's even and that's extending to the platforms as well. People now are reserving tables now. They're reserving. Grocery. So uh, that's all been really interesting. Glad to know that you're contributing in in those ways. And may, maybe the next question, because you touched on authentic influence, nice namesake drop, by the way. I think that I, I assume that via these different channels, via the free kids meals, which is awesome, I'm sure for any family, that that's an incredibly good thing, <laughs> convenient and valuable. Um, to the grocery pickup, to the donations to healthcare, to all that, you're building all of these 
relationships that in a, maybe in a different way than you were necessarily doing so before because of the circumstances, but also because of the different and new ways in which you're differentiating the value that you provide. Obviously, that's what I would describe as incredibly authentic, but I guess maybe let's jump into the ways in which you are building relationships with people, uh, broadly speaking, because right now somebody comes in, they get that grocery delivery or they get something delivered to their house in 30 minutes for free, which is, by the way, sweet. Um, you're getting a whole lot of data. You're building a lot of one-to-one there. So I'd just love to expand a little bit more on exactly what you're doing to build that base because when these circumstances pass, my guess is that that will be a great boon to the business. Um, but just want to know like tactically how you're, how you're collecting all of that information and using it to, to build the, the consumer base now and, and for the future. Absolutely. And it's been a big focus for us over the last really two years. Um, so about uh, 18 months ago or so, we launched a new app. Um, so we started building that really two and a half years ago. Uh, building a, a brand new app from scratch. Um, we, we build the back end and the front end. And then we've introduced a, a new loyalty program as well. So one of the things that we've wanted to do for a long time is, uh, you know, obviously retain our, our customer data, understand our customers a little bit better. Um, what type of products do they eat? What kind of content do they want to see? And I think more and more, you know, at Duncan, we, we did a lot of that. You know, big data was at the forefront of everything we did. For small companies like us, it takes a little bit of time to, uh, obviously collect data for, for a while to start to be able to act on it. And so we put in, put in all the, pl- the, 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 the pieces, I guess, to get to, to that point. And so, um, you know, having things like delivery through our own app, uh, which is something that we introduced last year and it's been great for us, especially in these times, instead of giving away that data to our third-party delivery partners like the DoorDash or Uber Eats of the world, um, we actually are retaining all that data, right? And so understanding, again, uh, what kind of products are you attaching to an entree or are you, are you buying a drink with your, with your meal um, will al- allow us in the future to be, basically be able to target a different message to, dif- to different customer segments. Um, and so we, we probably have a little bit of ways to go on that front in terms of continue to, to, to gather data. We have uh, a great analytics team internally that uh, looks at all of that on, on an ongoing basis, but really to start to segment uh, our customers into different segments that, that make sense is something that's going to take a little bit more time, but we're working towards right now. Um, so, you know, a new, a new point-based loyalty program is another one where in the past we had a, a surprise and delight type of program where you didn't know when you were getting a, a free entree or, or a freebie, I guess, um, in terms of how you earned that. Now it's an easy to understand point-based program like a lot of other brands are doing, but um, we've been able to also, uh, you know, retain a lot of people that way. Um, we have an easy to, to redeem process. So you, you don't have to wait till you get to a hundred points. You know, before Starbucks launched their uh, multi-tier redemption on, on their Starbucks loyalty program, uh, where you could now can redeem 25 points for X or 50 points for Y. Uh, we introduced that even before they were doing it. And so we, we've seen a, a lot of, pro- to, of positive feedback from our guests in terms of the ease of the program, um, how quickly they can redeem things that they, they choose to do so. And then providing value that way as well. I think we're, we, you know, we're priced, uh, we're not priced as high as other brands, but we're, we're up there, right? We're in fast casual space. And so providing value through that as well has been great. So in terms of retention and understanding, understanding our guests, uh, that's been critical for us. Well, that's, that's great to know that this is something that, of course, you were thinking about prior to all this craziness, but 
the fact that you've been able to do it in a robust way that includes those delivery partners, and I'm sure you're getting a, a cut of that data with regard to information, but building things up internally directly, um, getting more one-to-one in that way. I mean, that's how personally I, and I editorialize a little bit, but that's how I define building authentic relationships for a brand. But uh, that's that's good to know that, that it's been a long-term focus. Let me ask a question related to the other side of what I personally define as authentic brand building and relationships. And that is taking the experiences and uh, perhaps opinions of the people who are coming in either right now or that have been coming in for years to be good. How are you taking those experiences? How are you capturing them? First of all, the, the experience of maybe opening up an order at home or, you know, having an order, I guess not right now, but on location to, inform and also amplify the consumer voice within your greater marketing message. And, and the reason I do it, it's a bit of a loaded question, but it's because that's part of the way I define it. Like if a brand can can show me like, oh, it's not just Be Good saying this, it's it's Adam who you know frequents the Harvard Square location and he's telling me about the bowl that he just got. You know, I like that. I'm much more enticed to act based on that necessarily based, than based on a big brand message. So are there ways in which you're starting to incorporate that especially right now, given the fact that there are tons of differentiated ways in which consumers are interacting with Be Good? Yeah, I think so. I mean, one of the things we've done as a brand, you know, we've evolved as a brand. So if we started, if you think what we, we were doing 15 years ago when we started out in Boston, you know, we were running around in, in burger suits and, you know, during the Boston marathons and doing crazy things that kind of put, put us on the map and we've evolved as a brand. But at, at the core of what we do, uh, we're still, you know, we're still doing what we used to do back in the day. And, you know, we like to say we set the stage for consumers to do more good in the world. And I think we're, we're kind of have a, a multi-tier approach to that. One is our menu has been um, something that we've been really passionate about and ensuring that we have clean ingredients. We, you know, we paved the way in the, the farm to table uh, model for fast, fast casual 15 years ago and continue to kind of pave the way there, but um, ensuring that we have healthy foods that, that are approachable. Um, we fit a lot of dietary needs uh, we don't tell you what to eat, but we have something for you if you want it. No one defines us as one type of cuisine, which, you know, we're very much burger focused, but we offer a, a pretty broad menu. And so, you know, we do think that, and we see it firsthand, people tell us, you, you have a great menu where I can take my, my family, um, my kids can get something that's I know is good for them. Um, I can get something for me. I have, you know, X, Y, Z dietary restrictions, and you can fit my, my, uh, my diet. And so I think people are grateful for us having stuck to our, our ways in terms of our ingredient um, selection, our quality, uh, the, the ingredients we don't put in our food. You know, we have a long list of ingredients that uh, have always been, been around and still today. Um, so food is one, one piece there. On the other hand, we also look at, um, you know, we, we tie into things like culturally relevant moments. So last year we went pretty deep with pride. Um, and, you know, one of the things we do as a restaurant, if you're going to be good, when you walk into, walk into a be good, um, everyone's accepted. And it's a, it's a very approachable concept. Um, we're not pretentious. We're, we're humble. Um, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I think people, people see that and feel that. And so we have a very, very diverse customer base. Um, people, especially in new markets when we enter, uh, you know, will reach out, go out of their way to tell us how grateful they are for us having entered the community. Um, you know, we, we're in some towns where there's not a lot of healthy options or healthier options. And so, you know, I think people are grateful for us coming in and, and being there. Um, and then I think on, you know, on, on our social engagement, 
uh, it's very raw. They, we're not, we don't sound very corporate. Um, I think people engage with us a lot. Um, we have a high level of engagement on, on, on our social pl- platforms and, uh, we value that a lot, especially, you know, during these times. And, and I think what we try to do is really enable others and our customers to do more good in the world. And we do it, we do this through partnerships and leading by example, really, and, and really hoping that people see what we do and, and replicate it in, out in the world. And so that's been something that we've always done. You know, we have a great partnership with 1% for the planet. Um, we get back to, uh, to food core, who is our, one of our partner, um, in helping educate children and in, in healthy eating. Um, we have a farm on, on an island uh, out on the coast of Boston called Hannah Farm, where we, uh, you know, give an experience to uh, kids without, you know, uh, as many privileges as, as others in uh, understanding and, and really getting educated on the benefits of, of fruits and vegetables and healthy eating, um, understanding the agriculture side of things as well. And so we do a lot across all of our markets, but um it's never it's never been as a sales you know a sales tactic. It's always been something that we believe in, and and our guests see that as a, as an authentic thing we do. So that's been terrific for us. I'm glad that it has been, and you know everything that you just said there, I think speaks to the way in which you authentically brand build. And I was going to ask about purpose, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of that. You covered that as well, so thanks. Um, but uh, also wanted to uh, also wanted to ask about lessons that you've learned. And this is generally speaking how I, how I round out conversations. It's more of an advice column. Listeners know what's coming. But uh, here's, here's the deal. People who listen to this show, they are looking to emulate the journeys of those who appear. So your journey, for example, they want to know how to, I mean, if we're being real about it, climb the brand ladder, you know, become a leader, all that. But along the way, learn how to build the best brand possible. And they might be sole proprietors, they might be working in Fortune 500 brands, but you know, generally speaking, they are marketers looking to learn from the best. So let me turn the question to you. I would generally ask what advice you might give to people about how to build better brands and all that. And that's all well and good. I hope you have some. But instead, perhaps it might be a good way to enlighten it via a story of like a watershed moment in your career or uh, a mistake that you made, or a pitfall that you avoided, or a lesson that you learned from a mentor, or something which really taught you how to, maybe in in the lens of be good, get to that, not take ourselves so seriously, we're humble, uh, because that's, you know, that's authentic as well. It's a very large question, but generally I'm asking for your advice, and if there's a story tied to it, great, and if there's a lesson tied to it, great. But I want to know how you personally build more authentic brands. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think everyone's path is going to be unique and different. And, you know, I think for me, where I've seen kind of success and what I've taken the most out of across my career the last, you know, 12, 12 or so years uh, in this restaurant space is going out and trying to get different experiences. So if I think of, you know, Duncan, I was there for just over four, four years, a little under five, and I was able to have three different roles, um, you know, learned a lot, obviously, but you, you, you meet people, you do something different, you learn a new skill, um, you learn what you like to do and not like to do, right? Um, and I think that you have to put yourself out there as much as you can. I know it's not always easy or comfortable, um, but I, I think it's it's really helped me kind of build build my career and build me to who I am, who I am today and where I am today. Um, so, you know, I think the, the international side of the business is very interesting as well. I think 
if you have an opportunity to go and do a global role somewhere, I, I would highly recommend it. Uh, working with different cultures, different uh, countries, different consumers who see your brand maybe differently. Um, it's really helpful and just understanding the, the macro piece of, of this business. Um, I think, you know, going back to going from a Dunkin' Brands, which is, you know, now 20,000 plus restaurants in, you know, 45 plus countries, um, almost 100% franchised to a Five Guys, which is a slightly smaller uh, brand, uh, burger focused, different, you know, obviously category and cuisine, uh, but that's more half and, you know, 60% franchise, 40% company owned. Um, and then, you know, going down to a, a very small company like Be Good, uh, which is mostly company owned, you, you get a lot of different experiences there and, and really rounding out your, your restaurant experience. So I would recommend, you know, if you have an opportunity, obviously there's a little luck in, in the time and the opportunity presents itself. But um, if you don't go after it, or if you're not ready for it, uh, you'll, you'll miss out. So seek those opportunities, go out, go out of your way to seek them, um, take, a, take a risk, get out there. I mean, my wife and I went to Amsterdam. Um, it didn't work out in the end, but learned a lot, met some great people. Five Guys is a terrific brand. Uh, still have great friends there. And, and I think that uh, all these experiences builds you, builds you into, into who you're going to be in the future. Um, so, you know, as I think about Be Good in the Future, it's a small brand that we're trying to scale. And, and I think that's a, a, great, a great experience for me. Um, would I go and do something completely different, like start, start my own concept? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But those are the things that I think about on a daily basis and, and trying, to, trying to pave the way for my, my, next, my next move. Um, and I, I think do what you love. You know, and that's the other thing too is I, I left the food industry for less than six months and I just realized that um, I was missing out. You know, I like that. I like this space. Um, I understand it. It makes sense. I can relate to it um, and, and do what you're passionate about. You know, be good. I guess the last piece on be good. Um, one of the things that really attracted me to, to be good as well is the fact that the brand values and my personal beliefs aligned. You know, it's a place where I feel comfortable feeding my kids uh, and my family. And that was a big deal for me. I think at Dunkin', I drank a lot of coffee, but didn't eat a lot of the food. And uh, I always wanted to be with a brand that I felt passionate about and, and I, I really believed in in terms of what, what it stood for. So, Seek that. If that's important to you, go get that as well. Um, and and really, you know, just be open-minded about where you go. So to be open-minded, but to get to get out and do something global, that's really interesting. I haven't learned. I haven't heard that so much. I think I've heard that maybe once before, uh, a long, long time ago. I agree, though. And now it makes sense to me. I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, folks, but just. The amount of people that I've talked to who are in roles like yours, who have international experience, is really, really high. I mean, that that's a very large, there's a very large center to that Venn diagram. And even CMOs that I talk to a lot of the times are, they're denoted as global CMOs. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting insight. Well, folks, you know, depending on how mobile you are, granted, if you're in the U.S., maybe right now you're not as mobile, but think about it. Think about how you can get out there. I've thought about it for sure, by the way. Um... Maybe Australia or Europe or something like that. That'd be great. Uh, okay, enough about me and all about you. Thank you so much, Adrian, for for telling us a little bit more about what Be Good's doing, for giving us that advice there at the end and, and providing all that marketing insight. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much to Adrian Deland from Be Good for joining the show today. It brought back plenty of memories, and I know that you have a location here in the Arlington area that'll be opened up again real soon, and I can't wait to head over there and grab a bite. 
If you enjoyed this show, here's what you can do. We got a LinkedIn page. It's growing like crazy. It's called Authentic Influence Podcast. It's a showcase page where we have all of our shows, clips, relevant news, upcoming news as well related to events, which I know we're not doing right now, but we'll do them a little bit later in the year, promise. Generally speaking, a content hub alongside our website, podcast.vavoom.co. Give them both a look, give that LinkedIn page a follow and stay connected. Of course, you can also connect with me personally. I'm Adam Connor. Reach out, tell me what you think of the show, maybe what you don't like about the show, who you want to hear from, industries that you want to learn from, because I'm always on the hunt for new material and new potential guests. And if you have one that you can recommend, all the better. If you are subscribed, which I hope you are on iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff, consider leaving a rating and review, just a public forum, but a way to let others know that this is a good show to tune into. I'll be back again real soon with another fantastic podcast about how a brand is becoming more authentic through mobilizing its masses. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.